Hello, everyone. Welcome to What's the Hook with Diane and Andy. Uh, well, I think we should just, Andy, I think we should just do full disclosure and tell everybody we've upgraded, Andy upgraded our equipment, and honest to God, I am confused. Andy's like a technical genius at uh, this point. Unfortunately, I am not, and um, yes, we did upgrade, and but, we're, we're trying it out, and we're going to see if it works. And we're just crossing our fingers. So hang on for the ride, because we don't know what's going to happen right now. <laughs> It, it's it's a whole new world. We're in a whole new podcasting world. We're trying to become pros, but we got a little while, little ways to go, I think. We are. We're being dragged, kicking and screaming into the new technological <laughs> era. Well, for us. We've been doing this for a year and a half, and this is our first like real investment in equipment. It's amazing. Andy has like a mixing board. I'm, yeah. I th- I'm afraid that Andy's going to run away to Vegas and become a DJ. I, I am available for weddings. <laughs> Bar mitzvahs. Thank you. Bar mitzvahs. Very important. Quinceañeras, whatever. <laughs> Just give me a call. I love it. Well, anyway, down to business because, oh boy, what a week it's been. What a week it's been. Andy, we're in the, we're in the heart of the strike zone because the writers have been on strike for like two and a half months and now the actors, SAG-AFTRA, all the actors have joined the strike line and... I saw a very funny post that said, you think the writers were effective on the strike line? Wait until the extroverts join them. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was really funny. And it was like, yeah, that's true, actually. Um, SAG after went out on strike, Fran Drescher made a very, very good speech when they said they had decided to go out on strike because negotiations were not going anywhere with the AMPTP. And then Variety published a great article like a behind the scenes of during the negotiations in which the AMPTP negotiator was maybe a touch rude to oh, the SAG yeah, after folks yeah. um, and unintentionally rude. But boy, oh boy, this is, folks, this is, this is rough and this is going to take a while. And I said, as I said to Andy, I think this is, we're, what we're watching right now is a major, major attempt at union busting. Yeah, yeah. Um, what have you thought while, you, while you've seen this all go on, Andy? Well, I, I think one of the things to remember for people who maybe aren't like following Hollywood and the entertainment industry super closely is that most of these actors and writers are not making a livable wage. The vast majority, in exactly. fact. Exactly. And, you know, I think people realize that with actors, you know, a lot of people move to, they come to here to L.A. or to other cities where there's production work happening. And it's a hard, you know, it's a really hard career. And people can, some people work all their lives at it and don't really find much success. Some people kind of stumble into it. But there's a whole spectrum of, of working actors. And there's people that have, you know, a project here and there while they, wait tables or, you know, do delivery services or whatever. So um, these are not, this strike is not about the movie stars that are making millions of dollars a year. This is completely not that. This is the people just trying to get by, trying to make a living. This is also about how the business has been changed by the streamers, most notably Netflix. Because if you were, let me just, if you aren't aware of this, when there were you know, the three big broadcast networks or the four big broadcast networks, counting ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, they used to order 22 to 26 episodes for an average season of television. So a working actor, somebody who is not the star of a show, could make a living 
Yeah. Just being on those shows, having smaller roles, doing guest roles. They could make their WGA minimum to have health insurance coverage. And they could also just make, you know, more than a living wage and have a, 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 you know, they could afford rent in Los Angeles, which is not cheap. Or they could maybe afford to buy a small house after a certain amount of time. That is not possible anymore. And also, a key thing back then was they got residuals. So anytime an episode aired, as in anytime you saw a rerun, when an episode re-aired, they got a, they got a little more money. Well, residuals are pretty much non-existent now because the streamers do not pay them. Yeah, they pay like or minimal if they pay ones. Them, they pay cents, yeah. literal cents. There were, there were the, the woman from Orange is the New Black. You know, she showed a residual check she got for like three cents. Right, right. And that is wrong. And also remember, a lot of the model now is even stuff that airs on linear television, then it goes to whatever streaming counterpart that network has. So if you see a Bravo show, it's going to go to Peacock for streaming. Well, the people don't get money when it goes to the streaming. So the whole system literally has to be revamped and let me tell you one thing the ampt negotiators don't want to do is rewrite the work that was done years ago and unfortunately it needs to be revamped because right now it's it's for a time that no longer exists and and the, the other thing is that network the network tv model has been declining for years and years and years the linear tv audience has been declining and declining for years because where do most young people watch stuff streaming with streaming but right now youtube tiktok oh yeah yeah so it's a it's a very different world it's and a everybody's very world. been chasing netflix for the past you know decade or so Trying since to. netflix started to put out original content uh, digitally, so many of the other kind of big production companies have, have you know... They're, they're playing catch-up. Yeah, they're playing catch-up, and they're putting billions of dollars into this content, and it's just, for some reason, it's not paying off yet. Because it's not an advertiser-supported model. Yeah. And that's what... We, we got away what, from advertising, but it's actually not really working. All of the... Every legal mind in town, every business affairs executive, and every programming executive, that's the system they came up in, the ad-supported model. So now they don't know how to monetize their own models, yeah. which is why none of the streamers want to reveal any of their numbers, especially well, a, Netflix. And that's a big thing And that thing is a here huge is, issue. Yeah. A huge issue. And then the other big issue, which if you've read any coverage of the strike, is artificial intelligence. Because AI, and believe me, They've already started doing some of this. They want to capture an actor's image and then reuse it, pay them once, and then reuse their image and likeness over and over and over again in perpetuity. And that is wrong. That is very, very wrong. Anytime an artist's name and likeness is used, they should be paid. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think, um, like... The ad-supported model is starting to come back. Yes, like it Netflix is. said for a long time they would never have advertising. But they just got rid of their ad tier, I saw. Uh, they, I think they just got rid of it. The six ninety nine one with ads. Because it was literally just the other day I was reading about it that they were going to get rid of it. Uh, they got rid of something, but not I advertising overall. Okay. Um, in fact, I think I heard someone say that they're actually making more money from their ad tiers than they are from people paying. I could believe that. 
because it's I, they cheaper. did get rid of a low level tier, but I don't. But it wasn't like they didn't get rid of ads overall. I think. Okay. Um, and I just saw that like Peacock up their prices for yeah. the non-ad tier. So to right. get rid of ads, you have to pay two more dollars than you used to have I think to. even the basic tier of Peacock is now five ninety nine. It used to be four ninety nine. Okay. But let me tell you, that's a good deal because they yeah. have a great library of catalog shows, of older shows. And then Peacock also has some really good originals. So yeah, you're actually getting a good value there. You know, Paramount Plus is still chugging along. They're trying. Yeah. But that's the house that Taylor Sheridan built. If Taylor Sheridan, if they have a problem with him, <laughs> look out, because that could be in danger. Um, you know, and and now, since the mergers and stuff, you know, when you go to Max, you're going to see a lot more stuff that you were seeing, that you're also seeing on Discovery Plus. Because now yeah. it's all starting to meld. Like, I'm starting to see all these reality shows that I don't want to watch. Yeah. Because with Max... I want my HBO content. That's right. the stuff I really want. I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not going to say like, I won't occasionally watch a, an HGTV show right. or a home makeover show or something like that. Right. I don't mind having some of that added to Max into the HBO universe, but like, I don't want to pay extra for it because exactly. I didn't ask for it. Precisely. So now you're starting to see that. You're also going to start to see that with Hulu and Disney Plus. Since they're all under that Disney umbrella, you're going to start to see that. And there's already some crossover stuff. There's some Disney Plus content that you're starting to see on Hulu. And you're going to start to see some Hulu content on Disney Plus. Yeah. So uh, don't be confused. That's their intent. So I'm not sure, you know, how they're going to do the cost structures or anything. But look, what this all gets down to is artists need to be paid a living wage. And they need to be able to work and do a living and, and and have a living wage and not be struggling to pay their bills and not be struggling to get to the WGA minimum for health insurance, which right now is $26,000 a year. Okay. And 87% of members cannot get to that level. Yeah. It's very bad. And so they're forced to buy like full price health insurance. Which is, as we know, can bankrupt you. Yeah. So, you know, and with writers... You know, the stuff they're asking for is crucial, like the staff size, because right now, the way the staff sizes are when they cut these smaller staffs, I think I've said this before, nobody's learning how to be a showrunner. They're not sending younger writers to set anymore. They're, they're not seeing, you know, how the sausage gets made, as we like to say. So that means that they're repeating levels as writers. Staff writers are having to stay staff writers for like six different shows or something, which should not be the case. Yeah, It's crucial as a writer to move up these levels because you learn more and more and more, and then hopefully you can run your own show. Um, what commonly happens is someone with experience on shows supervises a new showrunner. That's very common. But they can't even get to that point now. They can't even get to the point, like to a producer level. And that's really bad. You need you you need people to move up in the system, or else kind of the whole thing just dies. Or the same white guys who have been running the shows for years, you know, this cuts off opportunities for women, for people of color, for anyone who isn't already ingrained in the system. We thought we were making progress, but this is this is setting people back. Yeah. 
So yeah, and until there's real transparency in like right. the numbers, which oh. has been lost with streaming, nobody really knows how well their shows are performing. A lot of times, like. I don't think Netflix even gives its show creators access to full numbers. Sometimes they give them limited access, okay. but a lot okay. of but a lot of but there are showrunners who have gone on record saying, "Yeah, I I don't have like exact numbers about it." So they can't negotiate because they don't know, you know, really how many people are watching it. Exactly. They, whereas before, with the you know kind of like the with the, um, Nielsen the broadcast model, yeah, there was Nielsen ratings. People generally knew exactly how many people were watching their show each week. And they could, and so that gave the networks the ability to charge for ads, you know, appropriately, and it gave the creators a real sense of how successful their shows were. Exactly. And now both of those things have been lost. Um, so I guess these, uh, the streamers that are now putting ads on their networks have to provide some sort of numbers for um, the advertisers because otherwise the advertisers wouldn't right. pay wouldn't do anything right but I don't I'm not quite sure how they're doing that but they're certainly not providing those numbers to the people that make their shows I'd be very skeptical about the numbers that they're providing that's all I'm gonna say yeah yeah um, it's not other... like and Nielsen was a third party too yes so, Nielsen was a third party and Nielsen is does offer streaming numbers, but it's like sure, but it, they've had to other, invent a whole other, new way to, to But there's other companies it. that do that now, like Parrot Analytics. Okay. And this woman, um, I think her name's Julie Ioffe, and she writes for Puck News. Oh, yeah. So I, I read her stuff, you know, because she has some good analytics. And Puck then, is, like, the best It's for a very stuff. good resource. So is the Ankler, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And the Ankler just put up a chat with executive director of SAG-AFTRA, Duncan Crabtree, Ireland. And I didn't get to listen to it yet, so I'll be doing that a little later because I'm sure he talks about, you know, how the negotiations went and, and how things are going. I mean, the strike lines have been absolutely thriving. I mean, tons of people out there, good press coverage from like Variety, Hollywood Reporter, um, uh, Ankler, Puck. Um, I don't know if people from Puck have been there, but Deadline's been out there a lot too, and people are posting videos. And I think that's really, really good. Well, and it's national, too. I was just traveling over the past week, and it's all over, over. you know, the local broadcast stations around the country. Yeah. Yeah. Look, this, like I said, it's a union issue. And, you know, the AMPTP, you know, I was reading one article that said that, well, they they didn't quite perceive the amount of animosity on the part of the writers and the actors. It's like... Yeah, people get angry when you screw them out of money. Yeah, you think? Plain and simple. So, yeah, people have settled in. They know it's going to be a while. And the, my other favorite part of, you know, this past week in the strike was Universal got fined $250 because they pruned trees along one area where the picketers were walking. And basically it's, you know, as hot as it is in Los Angeles and it's been like in the high 80s, it's even hotter in the valley. So for the people picketing at Universal and Warner Brothers, it's even hotter. So to take away any shade that they had, and boy, I mean, first of all, it's a petty thing to do. Yeah. At first they tried to say, oh, we, we didn't know, we didn't know, which nobody bought. So then they had to set up <laughs> like tents, shade coverings, and, and they provided some water Good. for the picketers. Okay. But it was like, you're lame, and they should have gotten fined more than $250. Yeah. What a rookie move. Anyway, um, in other news, Andy, San Diego Comic-Con is still happening this weekend. I don't, you know, for anyone there, God bless. 
I mean, I think it's probably, you know, better, less heat in San Diego. Have you ever been to Comic-Con? Oh, I've been twice. Oh, okay. I've never been to one. Oh, I covered it. Okay. Oh, it's a lot. <laughs> I believe I fall into the category now of I am too old for that now. <laughs> yeah. So with no actors and no writers, what happens at Comic-Con? Well, they still, it's, it, it's actually more like what Comic-Con used to be. Before Hollywood really invaded it, it's more attention to comic books. It's more attention to graphic novels. It's more attention to comic book artists. Um, There are still panels, but they do not have any actors. They don't have writers and showrunners. Um, They still have all these big activations that are based on shows and movies and what have you. Um, But there is no talent there, you know, because that's a no-no. Um, but as Andy noted, Jamie Lee Curtis was there to promote a comic book uh, that it that I think she had some part in. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I was like, so, oh, wait, how did she get away with this? She's there. There but, are exceptions. Okay. Um, but um, there's also, they've also been doing a lot of screenings of shows. Even though they don't have the okay. talent, they're doing screenings. Okay. So people are down there. I haven't read what the numbers are like. I don't know if the number total has fallen off. And I was also curious if people canceled their travel plans. Well, it's interesting. I have an Australian media friend who flew over from Sydney. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and he came here for Comic-Con, and he called me the other day, and he said, I am totally free now because there's nothing for me to do. I can't get any interviews. Oh, no. I can't go to Comic-Con because there's no point. You know, his whole thing is, like, celebrity stuff. Right. So he's like, uh, if you want to go for a hike or do anything, please call me because, yeah, his whole his whole trip got kind of ruined by it. Um, so I'm sure there's lots of other people in that in that boat, especially the international media. Yeah, and there were always great parties down at Comic-Con because Warner Brothers always threw a great party and they bring all their talent. And, you know, it literally anywhere you looked, you would see people who starred in a TV show in one of their TV that'll shows. That'll impact hotels and restaurants Huge. and all kinds of things. So it'll it'll continue to have more of an economic impact beyond just the entertainment industry oh, the tremendous. longer this goes on. Tremendous. And another reason the AMPT should at least come back to the table and negotiate in good faith, but apparently they're just not ready to do that. Um, I was also saying before, you know, they're paying more attention to their stock prices instead of to the people who work for them. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's... Which uh, is appalling and yet very American. The other thing this weekend, Andy, it's a huge weekend at the movies. Huge, yeah, it's Barbenheimer weekend. Huge, incredible. (laughs) And I think Barbie's ahead in the race right now, Okay, which I totally understand because I'd really much rather go see Barbie than a three-hour movie about a guy who invented the bomb. Yeah, and then regretted it. Uh, Yeah, but I want to see both. I mean, they're both getting really good reviews. I agree. I agree. And I think Cillian Murphy is always... Is that how you say his name? I think so. (laughs) I'm so confused. I I think so. He's such a good actor. He's amazing. So if I'm going to watch anyone... As Robert Oppenheimer, I'm going to watch him. And Christopher Nolan's stuff is dark AF, but it's also, I, I he's, a, he's an excellent. Three hours. That's a long, it's a time, long time to spend with a really tough topic. All my friends keep saying, three hours? What if I have to pee? Which <laughs> one of our good friends always says that, our, our friend Claire. Um, so Sit on the aisle is my recommendation. Good point. Look at you, Mr. I mean, Practical. You know, I try. Always Mr. Practical. I try. But I'm really excited to see the Barbie movie. I have not actually made plans to see it yet. I probably go to the movies twice a year. I will be tagging along with Andy when he goes. I'm basically going to third wheel it. (laughs) He stuck with me at this point. What can I tell you, folks? Um, Anyway, 
Um, so yeah, so there's a lot to do. I would say, you know, like Tom Cruise says, and also because is Mission Impossible officially out yet? Or is, yeah. that, ne- or is that next week? That or is was that last week? weekend. Last weekend. Remember because he had oh he wanted the IMAX Oppenheimer theaters. pushed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's been out, and I think it's doing really well, getting great reviews. That's one I really want to see. Yeah. Because those are always visually stunning. Yeah. So I I will give Tom Cruise my money. And look, I know people object to him for various reasons, but the man the man delivers. He does. I respect him. He delivers. And I also, as I said last time, I love that he is willing to kind of just hype the movie industry as a whole and encourage people to get out and see movies. It wasn't just his movie. He was like, go see Barbie, go see Oppenheimer, go see Mission Impossible. And that's another industry that has a lot of challenges ahead. Tons. The numbers are better this year, this summer. Like I think has seen some of a resurgence, but it's it's still not there. And it's and you know what? It's also the cost of it. Can you imagine even a family of four going to the movies? Like insane. Like Crazy. over a hundred dollars. Just Crazy. for tickets practically. Which we'll is make, nuts. Yeah. yeah. Which is nuts. And also think about when you have kids who can't sit still. So no wonder people gravitate towards watching movies at home or yeah. they buy a movie and watch it at home. Because, you know, tough to take kids to the movies. So yeah, they have a lot of stuff to contend with, but that falls under, don't get me started. <laughs> so let's talk about some stuff that we are watching, Andy. Because yeah. we actually are. Andy's been traveling, and yet I hounded him into watching stuff. I was like, Andy, I'm sorry, you will have to keep up. So it's tell a tough, me, It's a tough job. Tell me what you've been watching. I have been watching the new season of Minx. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Which has now migrated to Stars. I want to remind everyone, it's now, season two is on Stars because Max and their infinite stupidity. Dumped the show. Yeah, which was after such a it was bad almost idea. fully. It was fully shot. shot. It crazy, was fully shot. Crazy. Uh, you know, I'll be real. Stars is not a service that I keep all year long, but it's one that I, you know, kind of will resubscribe to throughout the year here and there right when now. they have a great show. And this is one of those great shows. And I think for Stars, you know, shows like Outlander and P Valley. Yeah. And let me tell you, Minx. And the new Party Down The new season Party Down, was like of course, so was good. so good. Yeah. So incredible. So if you haven't subscribed recently, now's a good time to do it because there's lots of shows you can watch That's and get caught point. up on. That's a great point. We're here to serve. And Minx is also well worth oh my the money because, my God, season two is so good. I, there, there's just so much to say the about screeners, it. So I think I've seen about half the season. Okay. I'm probably about there too. First of all, Everyone in it is great. Yeah. I, of course, am in love with Jake Johnson. Yes. Yes, he's one of your faves. And it's really nice to see Ophelia Lovabond, you know, loose, her character really loosens up this season, which is great. Yeah. And the wonderful Elizabeth Perkins joins the show I this love season. It. Yes. And she's wonderful because she is a new investor working with, uh, with, with the magazine. And with stuff that, you know, Doug Renetti wants to do. And what else is she in? She shows up in... She's in the after party. The after party! That's it. Yeah. Mother, mother would like to say hello, but she's preoccupied with alcohol and silence. <laughs> so one of the best lines I've ever heard that introduced her character in the after party. Um, which we're going to get to, because I, I love the after party. I'm very devoted to it. Um, anyway, so Minx, now streaming, uh, I don't know if they premiered with one or two episodes on Stars, but that is out now. Oh, it's so good. Just 
I just love, watch it and um, enjoy. And also, our, you know, our favorite Lennon Parham is back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And has a fabulous, oh, fabulous storyline this season. Quite an evolution. Oh, um, big time. Lots of good stuff for her. Uh, also, I love that they're, they've got some, you know, like real people, not not real actors, but like they've got um, Joan Didion shows up in the yes. first episode and is kind of an inspiration for uh, Joyce's character. And some rock stars. And then they've got Carl Sagan coming in. Oh, that's in. right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, as the editor that's of, so good. of uh, one of the other titles in the pub- publishing house. So good. There's so much good stuff. Just see it. I mean, it's worth it. It's also worth it just to look at like the wardrobe design, which is really fabulous. And, and you know, for period wardrobe design. Um, anyway, on to the next. I've also been watching Survival of the Thickest, which I know I mentioned before when it premiered. This is Michelle Bateau's series on Netflix based on her book of the same name. She stars in the show. She's honestly, it's a must watch comedy. It's so, so good. And it's so nice to see a woman who is not a size two leading a show. She's funny. She's bright. She's focused. She's very driven in her career and in sort of getting what she wants. She has incredible direction. And Michelle Bateau is just so, so funny. Tone Bell is also in the show as her friend Khalil, and he's really wonderful. So um, I think it's about eight or nine episodes. It's so good. Do not miss Survival of the Thickest. I'm crazy about it, and I think you will be too. Um, Andy, I don't know if you finished Horror of Dolores Roach. Oh, yes, I did. On Prime Video. Give it up for Justina Machado. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, what a performance. I think I talked a little bit about it last time, um, but I just I love the show. And it's the, epi- Amazon the episodes Prime. fly by. They're like 25, 28 minutes yeah. a piece. They just absolutely fly by. <clears throat> and, oh, it's just wild. It's a wild show. Yeah, it really is. It's dark, but it's also funny, and yeah, uh, just I, like the setting and um, where are they in New York? I think Queens. I oh, they're in Brooklyn. It's is it Brooklyn? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when Dolores gets out of prison after what, like 15, 16 years, yep, and she's trying she to took go the straight fall for a boyfriend for her drug dealer boyfriend, who she wants to get revenge on. She wants to find him and get revenge on him. Let's just say it doesn't quite go as she expects, but what's great is the framing device they use is that there has been a show about Dolores's life and Dolores shows up and is telling oh, yeah, her show. life story yeah. to the actress who plays her. Great framing device. It is a very, very, it's a well-done show and it's from the folks at Blumhouse and it's just very well done. So... If, if horror, if the horror genre is at all your jam, be sure to check it out. It's like eight episodes. It flies by. It's yeah. very, very good. I loved the original podcast that this was, oh. well, I think it was a stage show first, and then it was a podcast made by, I think it was Gimlet, that I really okay. enjoyed. And um, anyway, I love just that it keeps getting kind of new iterations and it's just, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's, it's a little, it's pretty gruesome. So, you know. It is. Be prepared for be that. Be prepared. Um, and they also did a, they ended it well for a good jump into season two. Ooh. That's I all hope, I'll say. Ooh, yes, please. So, I yeah. hope so. Okay. Um, next up, 
one of my favorites has returned, Justified. It's returned for a limited series called Justified City Primeval. The new episodes air on FX and then they go to Hulu for streaming and Tim Oliphant is back. Oh, and just looking delightful. <laughs> He's got the hat. But this time we see his daughter, which I don't know if we saw her in the original series because I, I did not do a rewatch before jumping into this. But Boyd Holbrook from Narcos plays the criminal that he's after and he's very good in the role but for me look it's all about seeing tim oliphant again in this role just very very good ingenue ellis is back and she's absolutely terrific just a fabulous actress so great to see her as well um do i have to have watched the uh earlier seasons in order to jump into this no i think you can because it's an elmore leonard thing and i think you can just follow the character of raylan givens and enjoy him at any point cool and i think as long as you start at the beginning of this set of episodes yeah i think it helps when you see you know some of the series but no i don't think it's a prerequisite okay you know, it might up your enjoyment level a little bit, but let me tell you, it's pretty great just because I haven't seen the original series for years. Yeah. But if you want to see the original series, it is on Hulu. Go ahead, because let me tell you, that is that is a binge watch you will enjoy. Let me tell you, there's really nothing like Tim Oliphant and a wife beater. <laughs> and yeah, sorry, I use the phrase wife beater, which I feel okay using. What are you we know, supposed those, to call it? Just a tank top? Well, it, I don't know. It, well, for men, I don't know. That's all I've ever heard. Yeah. You know, Jeremy Allen White, you know, had some very hot photos this yes, year of him did. coming out of a gym wearing one. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, baby. Yeah, he is tearing so, up the internet. He re- He's just decimating it. <laughs> um, so that's another recommend. Watch Justified City Primeval. There are two episodes now streaming on Hulu, the first two episodes. Um, Andy, another one of our FX favorites is back. What We Do in the Shadows. I mean, it's like, it's firing on all cylinders. All cylinders. I'm obsessed. Like, it doesn't miss a beat. I'm obsessed. I've already rewatched the first, I think the first three episodes of the new season are out, and I've already rewatched them. Like, they're so funny. I definitely rewatched the first two, because, but the one with Nadia and her doll switching places. Oh my God. And the whole storyline with sex with Colin Robinson. <laughs> When Colin Robinson said he preferred the doll and said, Daddy likey, what daddy likey? I'm just going to, that's going to become my new catchphrase. It's like loaded with jokes. Totally. Like I was laughing hysterically watching this last night. Um, At one point, Laszlo takes a quiz to find out which Sex in the City, (laughs) you know, member he is. And he gets Kim Cattrall and he says, I don't know who that is, but as long as she's sexy and down to fuck, I'm fine with it. And I'm like, and oh my God. And we all know Laszlo is definitely a Samantha. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yes. Because the man does love to bone. And just loves, you know, Kim Cattrall and Samantha getting all this love because, you know, she's so sadly missing oh, from she, AJLT. She's had the last laugh. Yeah, seriously. Over, over and over and over again, and I couldn't be happier yeah. for her, you yes. know? Um, but we, really, we love that for her. Really funny, funny, funny season. Guillermo has become a vampire. I think he's on but, the road to it. Yeah, but is he? We're not sure. He's like a. I don't think he's made the complete transition. He's got like a very small dose of vam- vampirism, I think. And He's got baby wings. He's got, ba- yeah, he's got little baby tiny wings, bat wings. But excellent vision. Yeah, he gets. <laughs> I got turned into a vampire, and all I got was better vision. You should get a t-shirt that says that. (laughs) It's so good. And much to Andy's delight, uh, 
Nandor was almost naked. Oh, God, Nandor. In, in, in one of the recent episodes. Yeah, he can pillage me. Caven. <laughs> we Caven Novak. Wonderful. They're so all, good. They're so all funny. just. Talk about actors when they're at the top of their game. Kristen Shaw, like. Oh, as the guy. Tr- you tr- love her tr- so much. Trying to get into the in group of vampires, and, like, Nadia is just having none they, of it. They won't let her sit with them. At no, no. Nope. She cannot sit with them. Not happening. Um, so, yes. What we do in the shadows is back, and it's come roaring back. Thank goodness. Yeah. We, you know, we need as many laughs as possible. And keeping on the theme of laughs, the after party, season two of the after party, is again doing wonderful things because each episode is a different genre. They keep telling you the story, the same, they tell you, you know, the story keeps moving along, but it's just in a different genre. This week's is a film noir episode. I loved it. That focuses on Paul Walter Hauser's character, Travis, and it's so good. Yeah. And just a little teaser, because I've watched ahead, next week's is a Wes Anderson Oh, no way. Oh, is, my gosh. expertly done, and it's Anna Conkle's character, Hannah, and it's very, very good. Um, you know, the after party, having people like Sam Richardson and Zoe Chow at the center of it, it works so well, but I got to tell you, that entire cast, it's like comedy superstars. And I never would have thought that after watching Paul Walter Hauser in serious roles yes, like Blackbird. Yeah. But he just. He's really good. He's terrific. He's terrific. Again, just actors who really just bring their A game and just make it all happen. And again, as we said before, Elizabeth Perkins is also in this. She plays the. the it's based around a wedding this time, and Elizabeth Perkins is the mother of the groom. Yeah. Um, played by Zach Woods. That's right, yes. So good. And then the bride is played by Poppy Lou, Poppy who is Lou always is terrific. So good from very, Hacks. Very, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. So, again, another great comedy to watch uh, The After Party on Apple TV. Um, let's see what else. Oh, okay. I'm still watching it just like that. I am not caught up. Okay. I, I am can generally I watching. Can I and, vent? Oh, please. I would love nothing more. Oh, boy. This week's episode. Oof. I First of all, I just feel like Cynthia Nixon should just rebel against <laughs> doing this show. The things they're doing with that character are just so terrible and so wrong. And the whole... Che Diaz of it. I mean, look, we had enough about Che Diaz. You know, and the show sort of is dealing with that in a meta way because Che did her sitcom pilot and they show her watching a focus group and criticizing her and her character. Oh my God. Yeah, that's how they handled like the backlash against Che. So now like her sitcom pilot is dead and she's trying to figure out like what her next move is. So there's a super cringy scene this week where Che is recording cameos because it's the only way she can make money. Oh, God. And, I mean, oh, it's just, you know, so anyway. I just saw that cameo laid off a bunch of people, so. Really? You know, I guess they're desperately trying to have product placement on just like that. I respect the hustle. But, oh, the whole episode, boy, oh, boy. And then also, in this episode... Carrie goes to an event that is, okay, it's not really called this, but they refer to it as WidowCon, where women from, I guess, all over the country come to New York um, 
because, and, and Carrie goes to it to sell her new book, which is about losing Mr. Big. And then right before the convention, a bomb cyclone hits. So it's the middle of a snowstorm and Carrie goes and she asks Che to go with her because she's not used to speaking in public. The whole thing was weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know. This show, the show has had more funny moments this season. I will grant them that much. I feel like they tried harder on the joke front. Ooh, there's still some really clunky stuff in there. And and let me tell you, this is a show I root for, but ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And I guess next week, get ready, because John Corbett returns as Aiden. Uh, yeah. So, I was never... Which I feel is not a good idea. I was never Team Aiden. I, same. Same, same. Uh, the other shows that I've been checking out are Full Circle on Max, which is Steven Soderbergh's new series. Ed Solomon wrote the episodes. It's a limited series. I think six or eight episodes. It's a very... It feels very slow to me. I've watched the first two. There are three episodes streaming now. The jury's out for me. So, Andy, I'm going to need you to watch and tell me what okay, you think. Okay, okay. I'm, 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 I'm undecided about it. It's got people I really love in it. Tim Oliphant's in it. Claire Danes, Dennis Quaid, CCH Pounder. Great actors. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure where they're going at all. So, I don't know. I'll watch more. I'm also, um, bit by bit, I'm watching all the episodes of the new Project Greenlight are now streaming on Max. Um, and this new iteration, led by Issa Rae and Kamal Nanjani, is focusing on female directors and female talent. So... I think that's a great idea. Uh, so I'm going to be watching that and checking it out as I go along. I've only watched the first episode so far, so I will make no declarations right now. Um, there's also a new animated show that I thought I would mention called Praise Petey, and it's on Amazon's Freebie. The first two episodes are now streaming. The reason I'm mentioning it, and I don't usually mention animated shows, is I'm intrigued by it because the executive producers are Anna Dresden, who's a very funny... She used to be the head writer of Saturday Night Live. Very funny writer. Um, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels, who worked together on King of the Hill. Dustin Davis. Um, and there's just a lot of really good behind-the-scenes talent. And listen to the voice cast. Annie Murphy, Stephen Root, Christine Baranski, Kiersey Clemens, John Cho, and Amy Hill. I mean, ridiculous. That's a, re- a ridiculous amount of talent. Yeah, I'm sold. So, yeah. I, d- I didn't, uh, this is new to me, but I'm excited to watch this. So, yeah, the first two episodes are now streaming on Freebie, which is Amazon's, it's Prime's, like, uh, ad-supported. Support, yeah. So, and that's what, was Jury, du- Jury Duty was on Freebie. Jury Duty and then yeah. Primo. Primo. And High School. <gasps> we got to talk about Primo. Some that's such good. a lovely series. Okay. That really okay. is. It's a really sweet series. Um, one that I started, uh, it now has a second season, is Foundation on Apple TV+. Plus. Are you still liking that? Well, I just started the first season, so I um, it's very slow, but it's got some really amazing talent. It's based on a um, book series by Isaac Asimov. Oh, great, so great it's, sci- it's, you know, sci-fi writer. Hefty, yeah, hefty sci-fi uh, credit credentials and some amazing acting from jared harris lee pace, lee pace. and um, yeah. leah harvey 
and lots more good talent. So uh, it's beautifully shot. It looks like it has a massive production budget, and you know it's a good outer space. And kind this of is season two fantasy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've not, I'm not on season two oh, yet. Oh, you're on season one. So okay. I'm, I'm trying to get through season one so I can get to season two, which I have heard is actually better. But um, definitely one that I'm going to keep watching. So nice. Yeah. Um, and I know I don't usually mention sports, but there's a lot of good sports stuff going on. For one. Uh, the FIFA Women's Soccer World Cup is going on, and you can check your Fox stations and Fox Sports because that's where the games are airing. So if that interests you, and the U.S. team is there, of course, and they won their match with Vietnam yesterday. Over on Apple TV Plus, they have a new documentary with Stephen Curry called Underrated, and then over on Netflix, there's a new docu series called Quarterback. So if sports are your jam, lots of stuff there. Um, And I know Netflix's racing documentary with Lewis Hamilton was also super popular, which I meant to watch, but have not yet. And on the upcoming tip, there is a new Taylor Sheridan show, another new Taylor Sheridan show, premiering tomorrow, July 23rd, on Paramount Plus called Special Ops Lioness. And Nicole Kidman headlines the cast. I have not seen a screener of this yet, so I cannot. I, I think it's spy stuff, but I'm not exactly sure. And then on July 27th, over on Peacock, Twisted Metal, a half-hour live-action TV series based on the classic PlayStation game series. Hmm. So it's an action comedy. So I haven't seen that either, but I know that Anthony Mackie's involved in it, so he might be one of the stars as well. Um over on HBO on July 28th, next weekend, How To with John Wilson. It, it's the third and final season for the show. And it's a really kind of small, quiet show, but it's really lovely. I don't know if you've ever watched it. So, no. Also on July 28th, over on Stars, uh, Heels Returns, starring Stephen Amell. It's a show about wrestlers. Oh. And... Like WWF wrestlers? I watched season one, and I was like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's not like, uh, for me, not a destination show, but I don't know. I guess if you like, uh, well, it's like wrestlers and how it turns into just from regular wrestling into show business wrestling. <laughs> okay. So, very interesting, but it's like a family company that does it. And then on July 31st, uh, Breeders, starring uh, Martin Freeman and Daisy... Oh, and her name just went right out of my head. Comes back for their final season. It premieres on FX and then episodes stream on Hulu. It's the fourth and final season. And it's a really, again, another lovely show. Um, It's sort of a dark comedy, but I like it very much. Mostly, I'm a big fan of the two stars. And I think it manages to cover the topic of parenthood in very interesting, interesting. ways. Daisy and the way, Haggard. Daisy Haggard, thank you. And the two of them are very, very good together. The banter is very, very good. Um, that is all I have for this week. Andy, anything else? I don't think so. Anything else? All righty. Um, we'd love to hear what you're watching. We'd love to hear what you think about the strikes. We, you know, feel free, communicate with us. Uh, you know, Twitter is still like a clunky old car cranking along, but you know what? You can just leave us, leave us comments on Spotify. You can leave us comments on our, uh, what's the hook, uh, pod. Dot, what's uh, the hook pod. Dot com. Com. Thank you. 
And uh, if you feel inclined, we love when people leave us reviews on Apple iTunes. It goes a long way. Uh, yeah, and, you know, subscribe, leave a comment, you know, hit us. So we have a Facebook page for What's the Hook as well. And we will be back, you know, if this equipment doesn't kill us first. <laughs> Stay cool out there, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>